And I'm just, I just speak the God of all hope would come and meet you right now. The God of all hope. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And we are just calling out the warriors here now. <laughs> We're calling out the warrior spirit in this room right now. This is the most besieged city in the UK. If it wasn't for the warriors, we probably wouldn't be here today. We are calling out the warriors of Cumbria, of Cumbrae. We are calling out the warriors who are going to stand and fight the stuff that's wrong. Who are going to stand and see the people that are not seen. Who are going to love the ones who are unlovable. Who are going to bring hope to the ones that are hopeless. Raise up. Stand up. You matter. <laughs> Your life matters. Not just for you, but for many others. So we just call that out today. We are not defeated and we declare that today. We will not be defeated and we declare that today. We will be defiant. Come, Lord Jesus. So we are called as a people of the impossible. Of the impossible. I don't know any other languages that will have to do. But sometimes we forget that. A lot of the time we forget that and we stick in the possible. That's dull. It's not going to change nothing. Who wants to be part of the impossible? Impossible! Revolution! The impossible! It sounds, revolution in French sounds better, doesn't it? <laughs> kind of. Uh, revolution! The impossible! What is it? What even is it? Revolution? Pardon? Revolution? Oui, oui. C'est ça. From September, some very exciting things happening, which we're going to be talking about next week and the week after that. And one of these very exciting things is we're running another Freedom in Christ course, which has just been amazing so far. Neville, were you going to come and just share a little bit about this? This is Neville! And Rachel's coming up as well. You know, it's, it's, it's really exciting, isn't it, when we get together and we set our eyes on Jesus and we kind of feel we can do anything <laughs> with him, for him. You know, we, we get really thrilled in this context. But And sometimes, you know, we, we get to Monday morning and it just seems that those little things nibble away at us, that they just erode our joy, that they just keep us from sort of soaring again, don't they? Things that you know, maybe we carry from our past, things that bad habits we just can't shake off, addictions, problems, traumas, you know, the sort of stuff that just undermines us and stops us somehow having all that joy that we feel we should have in Jesus, stops us being everything that, you know, we know that offends God wants us to be, you know, stops us achieving our potential in God in that sense. So that's what freedom in Christ is about. If you feel like that on a Monday morning sometimes, you need freedom, freedom from those things that weigh you down, that stop you soaring in God. So that's what we do, and it's about you know becoming a fruitful disciple. It's about maturity. It's freedom in Christ. So I'm just going to interview Rachel here, who came on the last course, and he's going to be helping with the next one. I have to sit on a stool to look like a proper interviewer, you see. Uh, has Rachel got the mic? This is totally spontaneous. She's no idea what I'm going to ask her, of course. <laughs> the paper's just there to look like a proper interviewee again. <laughs> so
So, Rach, why did you actually decide to come on the Freedom in Christ course last time? Yeah, the Freedom in Christ course isn't a new thing. It's been around for quite a few years now, and I'd heard really good things about it. My sister had taken the course. Other people had done the course and said, you know, this is a good way of getting to know Jesus better. And I thought, hey, that's for me. So we started coming to Vineyard just last September, and good news, Vineyard was doing the course last year too, and so I signed up straight away. And, yeah, we're so pleased to have got a place on it. That's great. So what was it like? What actually happened on that course? Well, it wasn't lots of things. It wasn't heavy theology. It wasn't tough going. It wasn't embarrassing or creepy or one of those kind of courses. It was very friendly and welcoming. It was a, it's a video course, but you don't have to spend the whole evening just watching videos. Um, there's is a chatty video format, and then you break up into discussion groups to talk about some of the preset questions, but there's no pressure to answer if you don't know what the answer is either. So it was easygoing, it was friendly, but at the same time, it was meeting Jesus. Every single week he showed up, we heard from him, he spoke to us individually, and then halfway through the course we got to go away for a day just to do more serious business with him. That's great. So from this video and things, you know, what what did you learn for the first time or what did you see in a new way from the Bible? Um, I learned more about taking more responsibility myself for my walk with Jesus. Um, One thing that I learned about a lot is um, a verse in 2 Peter 1.3. It says that we've got everything we need to lead a godly life in Christ. Everything we need, we've already been given. There aren't a super set of saints who've got a special extra dollop. No, all of us have got everything we need. I learned a lot too about taking thoughts captive, that we've all got the ability to have complete control over our own minds. That's great. So, um, this is a bit of a personal question, but... You know, what did God highlight for you particularly that as an area where you might need some freedom, you know, where you had been held down before? Not what I'd expected. You see, Neville wrote the questions, but I didn't tell him what my answers were going to be. <laughs> so I could say anything now. <laughs> um, I'm from the Falkland Islands, and that's where I grew up. In 1982, there was a war there, and I was living in Stanley, the capital of the Falklands, for the whole time of the Argentine occupation. And so this left a load of junk in my life that needed to be sorted out, and God decided that the Freedom in Christ course was the time to get going with some of that. Yes, it's uh, interesting. Quite a bit of the Freedom in Christ course actually consists of forgiving properly. And we've occasionally had people who've managed to come up with four sides of A4 of people they want to forgive. But I think Rachel was the first person we've had on Freedom to Christ who actually forgave a whole nation <laughs> of Argentina. <laughs> so what, what effect has this had? What's, what's been the outcome? What effects it had on your relationship with Jesus and with other people since then? Um, Forgiving a nation is quite a powerful thing to do. (laughs) So, I mean, I didn't cheer for them during the World Cup. Hey, let's not. (laughs) But definitely it changed my attitude towards Argentina um, and towards other people, just gently, more friendly. My relationship with Jesus, um, definitely a deeper friendship. Um, Realizing that he is more precious and I'm more precious to him 
than I'd ever even thought about or connected with before. So looking back then, who, who do you think Freedom in Christ course is for? Who should go on it? Well, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody who struggles with conflicts in their life, somebody who is perhaps stuck in a sin, even one of those really embarrassing sins, don't worry, that can be dealt with by Jesus. Really, really, really it can. Um, if you've got bad habits or rubbish stuff in your past that you know needs to be sorted out or even rubbish stuff you don't yet know needs to be sorted out just go along and get to know Jesus better it's not a threatening bear your soul to everybody kind of course it's about you and Jesus doing business with each other thanks Rach (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're going to be starting on the 19th of September which is a Wednesday night we'll be here Uh, It's a 10-week course with a chance to do an individualised freedom appointment in the middle of it when you actually kind of work with a couple of encouragers to to really shake off this stuff. So you can sign up with Ruth and I. This is Ruth. You can tell us, or you can wait till September and sign up online. Oh, it will not be September. In the next couple of weeks, you'll be able to sign up online. Right? Thank you. Does anybody else call you Nev? Just Rhoda. You, your niece in Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like a gentle warning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for now, yeah. Uh, listen, thank you so much. Uh, Rachel, we just want to honour you. I love how... Um, I love how now you're pouring your heart and your life into the veterans as well. And this is a beautiful story, what Jesus wants to do. Like whether it's a picture of the beach picking up the rubbish or whether it's a picture of Joss's school taking that hard thing and taking it into life. See, there's a story in the Bible about the guy who used to steal stuff. And Jesus says, let him who used to steal, let him steal no longer. But the story doesn't finish there. He says, let him now then use his hands for good to help others. And this is that thing of whatever the enemy or whatever life has thrown at you, whatever hurt has come your way, it's not enough for that hurt just to stop. I believe that part of your call in life is to then bring victory for others in that area and that region as well. Friends, I've got something to proclaim to you today. But first... You know there's certain songs that you hear and it just takes you to a place. Like for example, if Stone Roses was to start now, I could take myself to a place and I know exactly where I was with who I was. Music is like it's a powerful thing. If you started to play some early Bruce Springsteen, I'd be like, oh, reminds me of getting ready for school on a morning. If you took me to some early Oasis stuff, I remember going to a ski day up in Scotland. I remember if you put on um, the Jesus Culture song, Come Away, I know what I was. I was going up the hill approaching Perth on a day off. So there's a soundtrack. Certain songs evoke certain things in your life. And they remind you of places and things. Well, here's what I want to proclaim today. I think God has a soundtrack that he wants to invite us to tune into. 
Psalm 121 is a beautiful gem found in the Psalms. Psalms in the middle of the Bible. Um, if you have a Bible there, uh, turn over to it. If you've got a screen, you can flick onto it or you can just lean over someone's shoulders. I'm not going to speak for a long time today. That may be my first lie of the day, but I'm going to try not to speak for too long because I don't want to overcomplicate what God has put on my heart for this. Psalm 121, and what's interesting about the Psalm 121 is there's a context for this. And the context is this, that God's people would be on a road trip. They would be moving to a place called Jerusalem. And they would be most likely walking up towards Jerusalem. And they would be walking on this journey where mountains would be in their sight where valleys would be part of it, where cruel coldness of a night time is what they would experience. Barren, wilderness, desert-like tracks is what they would know. So this is the context of Psalm 121. And it says this, I look up to the mountains... Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So this context, this new soundtrack, is that God, I think, wants to put the beat and the tune into your soul. So that when you see the mountains, when you walk on the paths where you feel isolated and alone, when you go through the oceans, when you feel like no one is for you, I want you to be able to hear the tune of one, two, one. I want you to be able to Um, experience some of God's promises for you where you are right here and right now. Because some of us have been going through some stuff which just feels, it feels at time like God's not there. And it feels like you're the first person to go through it. And it feels like you're alone, it feels like you're isolated, and it feels like Giving up is the only option. I want for you to know that God today wants to pour courage into your heart for the journey we are on. It's as simple as that. That's all I have for you today. That God wants to pour courage into your heart for the journey you are on. And the thing about this journey that we are on is we're not on this journey 
alone. We were on this journey together. And journeys and adventures, they need more than one. We live in a city that is broken. Yes, there's some beautiful things happening. Absolutely there is. But I was devastated the week before, give a day, to hear about a guy we know took his own life. I don't know the whole story. But I know every time we bumped into him or chatted to him, he was only too happy to help. Like it was part of him is that we have this wood around the, um, the bar area that Sam and Pete so lovingly brought back to life. It's because of him that he was, um, he bent over backwards to help provide some of the resources for this place. And I don't know where, how he got to this point where he just took his own life, what his last thought was, what he's going to bed with every night. But I'm, I know he's not alone in this city. And it's not okay any longer that suicide gets the last word in this city. It is not okay. It is not okay that suicide constantly is the biggest, the biggest stealer of men's life. Like it's ridiculous. It's horrific and horrendous. You know, one thing about the football, which is coming home. <laughs> it is coming home. On the Wednesday night, we're going to, on big screen here, next Sunday after Steve shares his heart, we're going to watch England in the final. Um, if you want to bring a pack lunch, we're going to do that on the big screen. And then when we win, um, I think 2-0, is it 2-0 we're going to win? 2-1, two, one, two, one we're going to win, then there'll be a joyous celebration. But the thing about the football is, there's fellas in this city, and they've got um, a level of friendship with other, they'll, they'll know everything about football. They know it all. And they've had friends that they talk about all about the football. But it's as deep as it goes. And inside, they've got all this stuff going on that they're longing to share with someone. They're longing to, to bring out. But it, football is just that thing to talk about quickly. So would you pray for the men in this city? Because they need to know that they're not alone. We need to create some safe places for people to find out that it's okay for them not to be okay. I don't know how we're going to do this, friends. We are in this city, not for a one-night stand. Give a day is great. And it's the start of an answer, but it's not the whole answer. And Rhoda keeps saying, we are not in this for sticking plasters. We want to get at the bigger issues going on that we Love the underbelly of this city. And that's what we're digging in for. So is this going to be a long fight? Yeah. We're digging in for the long haul, friends. If you're here for the first time today, you are so welcome. Absolutely. It's an honor that you're here today. And we pray that each and every one will just experience something of God's grace and God's peace. But here at Carlisle Vineyard, we're not so much about the crowd on a Sunday, but we're about a community who's just going to give ourselves day in, day out, in all the nooks and the crannies of this city, and live a life that demonstrates something and shows something that God is for us. So this psalm is not just for me and it's not just for you. I do believe it's for this city. As a reminder, as a soundtrack, that when we feel alone, when we feel isolated, we hear again 
there's another tune that God is our help and help is coming. He has not left us alone in the mountains. He has not left us to drown. He has not left us to flounder, but he is here for you and he's here for me and he's here for this city. So we declare over this city, we declare over this region, we declare over borderlands that God is here, help has arrived and his name is Jesus. So there's not one reason why one more life can be taken by suicide. So when we give out when Rhoda says walk across the room and say hello, I know for some of you, you would rather lose an arm in a chainsaw incident. You would feel like that would be less painful. But I want to honour you for doing that. And you may think, this is the most painful thing for me. But I want to let you know, when you walked across that room and you said hello to somebody for the first time, it was like balm to their soul. It was like water to thirsty land. Just you looking someone in the eye and saying, I see you, I see you. It's like a watering can to a dry and cracked, you haven't got a dry heart at all, lovely heart. But you know, when we do that, when we connect with someone, we just like water in a heart. And do you remember, Chloe, that Jesus picture he gave you about your heart just being all like dry and barren? Holy Spirit comes and it just flowers start emerging. So I want to honour those who felt like, ah, walking across. But we just want to encourage a whole city to start walking across the room, to honour one another, to bless one another. So here's what I love about this psalm. God meant this psalm, this poem, this soundtrack to be for his people as they travelled through the mountains and the hard places. As a reminder that he is for them and he is there for them. In the dry places, in the shadows, in the cold of the night, in the mountains and the valleys that he is there. In every stage and every place of the journey, he is there for them and his heart is beating for them. And you know what's interesting about this psalm? It is all about God turning up. It's all about God turning up in hard places. But what's interesting is the first couple of lines. It says, I look up. I look up. I raise my eyes. I don't know if Nathan, you knew what I was speaking on this morning, but I love that song in the middle. Lifting our eyes. This is your responsibility. Rachel mentioned it before about taking responsibility. You, me, I, we are responsible for our eyes. I'm responsible whether I look at my shoes in despair or I lift my eyes. I lift my eyes. It takes nothing to lift the chin. And I have the sense today Jesus wants to just come and lift some chins. Just lift some eyes. And in many ways, give a day, it's, it's been a great week and there's lots of stuff going on and there's lots of stuff we don't really understand what's going on as well. But it just feels like people's eyes have been lifted. Hearts have been encouraged. So this morning, God wants to lift your eyes. One young lad we've been working with this week Miriam and Alison worked really, really hard 
to create a week of work experience for him. Midway through the week, I said, what would have been your alternative? Stacking shelves in HMV. Rhoda's like, I, I actually like stacking shelves. But for this young lad, he would have just not had anybody believe in him, not anybody speak to him. And what's been beautiful this week, I, I'm sure he grew this much. I, I think he grew physically, spiritually, emotionally, everywhere he grew this week. And this is what this psalm is about as well. Listen to these words afresh. And why don't you just take a moment now saying, heart, get ready, courage is coming. Give you, give you a little heart, just a little massage. Just say, heart, heart, some good's coming. Some courage is coming, heart. It's been a while for some of us, but some courage coming. And if you want to close your eyes, then why don't you allow these words to wash over you? I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. I need you to know today, in fact, I want to proclaim to you that you are seen. Heaven sees you. Heaven is aware of you. Heaven is for you. You are seen, you have, a, you have caught the Lord's attention and his affection is upon you. And just that beautiful thing, the, the Lord does not stand afar from you. He doesn't even just stand in front of you saying this is where you should be. But he stands beside you. So here's a moment, here and now, wherever you are, however you feel, God wants to pour courage into your heart right now. He wants to remind you that he sees you, that he loves you, that he wants to be your safe place. Isaiah 58 verse 9 says this. When you call on the Lord, the Lord will answer. And he says this. 
Yes, I am here. I am here. So does your help come from the mountains? No. Your help comes from the one who made the mountains. Um, There's a lady in the room and you've been crying privately. Nobody knows. But the Lord says to you, he sees you. Every tear he has captured. And he wants to say to you that he knows you and he loves you and he wants to hold you right now. There's a lady just this week. You've been crying privately. Nobody knows. But he knows. Every tear is precious to him. He has caught and captured every tear. And he wants you to know that he loves you. There's some sharp shoulder pain, I think, in the right shoulder. There's someone here who's got pain inside the right leg. It kind of feels like above and below the knee. And then the last thing I sensed, there's an, um, like, I think someone's been praying for something and it feels impossible. But this morning, in, in just as I was uh, listening to Jesus, I sensed that bit of where um, there's a story where someone's praying for rain. And every day he's looking out, looking out, looking out. And it's blue sky, 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 blue sky. And then one day he sees a fist-sized cloud. I had a sense today that there's a fist-sized cloud for you. For you. I think you know who you are. But that thing you've been crying out for, longing for, pursuing God for, God is on the move. 